behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode freaking 80. Casey, what do you have for us today? All right, it's a good one. Episode 80. Make sure you date a hero and not a zero. Guys, Bam. we are stretching so far with these rhymes lately. I mean, we are just, I mean. It's just hard. We're getting up there in these episodes, and I'm sure we're repeating things. I don't know. I know, because but. it's like we've rhymed everything that goes with one through nine, or zero through it's nine. It's almost funny to me. Like, that's something that we, like, do. Like, we're, I don't even know where how that started or, like, anything, but it just stuck. So, anyways, we made it to episode 80. This is a big friggin' milestone. And it's a big friggin' episode with big dick energy, let me tell you, okay? Let me tell you, big <laughs> dick energy. Casey, before we get started today, because I always forget, and by the way, guys, behind the scenes info, we always have to go back and record the review of the day because I forget it every time because there's no stimulus prompt on this outline, I'm just saying. Um, It'd actually be a response prompt, too, if it, if I wrote directions in there for you, so. Exactly. Mm, okay. Thank you. And maybe I thank highlighted you, it you. and it was a I stimulus thought maybe prompt. You would, even if you like just put like a yellow highlight in there, mm-hmm. whatever. Point is, Casey, um, you need to do a better job. <laughs> Casey's going to kill me. She's like, I'm the one fucking doing all this. I do everything. <laughs> Here we go. So, Casey, can you give us our review of the day? I sure can. It is awesome. It's coming in from JT Adore. I probably said that terribly wrong, but it is what it is. Gimme, gimme, gimme more, gimme more. I absolutely love you, ladies. So much insight in such a relatable way. I just started my journey to become a BCBA, and I could not have made this decision without you too. Listening and realizing that ABA is literally in every day and everything made me want to learn more. The conversational way that you use to explain terms and just bring it to real life is beyond appreciated and fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you so much. Mean it so much. Love that review. That lit me up. Thank you for that. Ah, And guys, guess what? We just hit 807 reviews on Apple. We want to make a thousand by December 31st. So like if just how many did you say we had? 807. That's lofty. So if 193 of you guys wouldn't mind just going on (laughs) to Apple podcast, leave a five-star review, write something nice. If you need help with something to write, I'll definitely help you. Um, No problem. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Thanks. Peace. Love you. Mean it. All right. So I think we have to get into today's episode because if you guys were to see our Google Hangout screen right now, it literally looks like we are on a COVID version of The Bachelor. <laughs> we have one, two, three, four, five, five of us here, awesome. including myself. And today's episode topic, I think, is going to be really, really, really exciting. Um, but before we get started, Casey, can you introduce our guests today? Yes. Yeah, so we have four, or well, there's five of us, but three guests, which is the max we've ever had. So exciting. And they're all people that mean like so much to us personally. And we, we, you know, we're friends with them. We love them. So we're so excited to come together. So we have Marissa Ayala. Um, you can find her at local BCBA on Instagram. And she also runs a remote supervision company and she's a BCBA, local BCBA. There you go. Uh, she's great. We've done a lot of events with her and will continue to. Um, so amazing. And then we have Carolina Valdez, who is a SNAVA tutor, who has been a SNAVA OG since day one. Um, she's a BCBA and a PhD student. 
Um, her Instagram is at bilingual um, ABA, and she has just been um, such a special person to us for so long. And then, so special. Sorry, definitely not last but not least, but I have to add something in about Karina. Karina sent me a picture of her arm. What was it? One night this week, and I'm like, "You're kidding me." She got a tattoo, and I'm like, "That's our Zoom number." Karina got a tattoo. She had made this. Uh, this was it a token economy? I think a token economy. Um, I don't even know my ABA anymore. <laughs> I just stopped doing this podcast. It was token economy with all these stickers for when she was studying. If she went through all the different parts of the collective, if she did the reading, if she did the, what was it, Karina? If you did the reading, if you did the homework, notes. the notes, like listen to the recordings, all of it. All of it. So if she did it all, she was going to get an AVA tattoo. And in her AVA tattoo, she incorporated the Zoom room number where we would all meet every week. And I was like, look at it. It's a little light bulb because of all the light bulbs she had in the collective. And I was like, you are fucking kidding me. She's like, no, girl. When something makes a difference in my life, I get it tatted on me. And so my kind of girl, you know me. That's the same thing. Mm hmm. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. And I said, oh my God, wow, you could get all the tattoos that I can't get because I'm Jewish. But Karina, we love you. Your loyalty is literally there. Let's put it that way. I love you. I love you. And last but not least, definitely not least, she's not the least type. Let's put it that way. She is loud. She is, she is sassy. She is... Adrian Bradley. Bradley. And she <laughs> is, I don't know if y'all remember Snabba Baba. It was a pretty sweet study event that we put on with her. And since then, I mean, we've just been so close. She's the president of Baba. She's also a professor at Wayne State University and a BCBA. So we have five BCBAs on this call. Shit is sure to go off something crazy, I'm sure. Um, so welcome everyone to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hello. So happy to be here, girls. It's Sunday and we're just hanging out, having a freaking girl chat about dating within cultures. And I will say to start the show off is that I had a hard time with this one coming up with any ideas because I admitted, I called me out this morning. I'm like, I'm just white, no religion, really no religion, like dating a white man with really no religion. I'm trying so hard. I'm grasping at straws to try to come up with, um, like ideas of like, you know, different in cultures. And I'm like, wow, I had, it had, it was a real strong moment this morning that I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, I hope these ladies know, like, can talk about this a lot. Cause I, you know, I had to actually acknowledge that. And that was a, you know, an, an inner moment where I'm like, you know what, that's interesting. I live in a very small town in New Hampshire. Um, so like that, you know, cultural, um, you know, differences, I don't see a lot. Right. Not that I didn't have, I, I have cultural differences in my family and all that, but when it comes to dating, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to pull them out. And I was like, I really need these girls to really lead this show. So <laughs> go for it. We got you, Casey. But Casey, don't act all innocent here. You've been the one who being like, oh my God, sex with a black man was the best thing I ever had. So don't act all like innocent here. Like I've never <laughs> done anything. It's just me and Matt living in a shoebox in New Hampshire. <laughs> Like that's true. Okay, call me out. I love that. Thank you. We sure. keep it real here. We keep it real. I'm glad my husband is not here for this episode. <laughs> Where is he? He went up to the bar. <laughs> oh, good idea. Yeah. Good. I and I know he's an avid listener, so I'm sure I'll hear this later. Not at all. All right, guys. So this is really cool. So 
maybe each of us could just go ahead and say like our cultural background to get started. So um, me, Liat, I am, well, my parents are South African. So I think that's like one cultural thing in terms of dating, like that, you know, they carry a little bit of that, like English, um, proper uh, chivalry is not dead kind of idea. And then I'm Jewish. And that's a whole nother realm when you get Jewish mothers involved. And then I'm also dating or I'm dating. I'm married. It's like, dude, you're like literally married. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah. I forgot about that. And I'm also married to an Israeli man. And that has been a huge learning curve and just curve in general that I'm still trying to ride out. Um, so no that intended. <laughs> Riding that curve like no other, let me tell you. Uh, now we are okay. Who's next? Who's gonna say next? Let's go, Karina. Hola. Okay, well, you guys know I was born in Mexico. Um, so both of my parents are originally born in Mexico, then they both immigrated into the United States. Um, and I was raised in El Paso, Texas, which is like super culturally diverse. We have Fort Bliss, which is a huge military base. So we see people of every, every like background and culture. It's really cool. Um, but that's a little bit about me. And then Steven uh, is also from El Paso. So he has like that double culture as well. But he was raised a little bit wider than me, if you know what I mean, you know? <laughs> so there are a little bit of learning curves, not as much as Liat's, I'm sure, but there are some differences that we still see, even with living like in the same city, growing up in the same, like we went to the same high school, you know? So it's interesting. All right, Marissa, what's up, girl? I'm just going in order around the screen here. Yeah. So I'm Marissa and um, my, I've, I'm Mexican American and I'm third generation. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm not as Mexican as I would like to be <laughs> like Karina is like, you know, I, I say Mexico versus Mexico, but, um, you know, it's like, it's like that. Um, that changes I, on like the second generation, right? You switch over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, I have dated within my own culture. I've dated um, Mexicans. I've dated uh, right now. Well, you know, hopefully forever. My partner is Korean, um, but he it, it's funny because he's like first generation Korean. And when I talk about first generation versus third generation, it's a lot different. Um, we've actually had discussions where he's like, but are you really like Mexican? You know, I feel like you're a little more not Mexican, like a more American. Right. And so like we have those like deep conversations, but yeah, he's my partner. We've been together for two years, long distance now moved um, to California for him. So yeah, hopefully it goes great. <laughs> All right, Adrian hit us. Yeah. So I am a black female living in Detroit, Michigan. I grew up in Michigan. Um, but I also, like to like put out there that I am like an I'm very non-traditional um and we'll probably dive more into that as the conversation goes on and so my partner um Nicholas my boyfriend um we've been together for it was our year anniversary on November 21st so it's, you know only been a year, um, but he grew up in Detroit and I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. 
And so there's a lot of like our foundational differences as far as like family units, mm-hmm. um, how much time we spend with family, like what we do on the day to day, like the different hobbies we like. And I would like to think that um, that has really been something for us to figure out in our relationship. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. I love it. So we Casey, have a lot what of about you? People. What about you, Casey? <laughs> um, I live in Newmarket, New Hampshire, a very small town in New Hampshire. Um, and I am married to the absolute love of my life. Um, Matt, um, he also comes from a very similar family background. I think what we relate the most on is we both come from families of addiction. And that was like a really thing that united us and that we still struggle with every single day, whether, you know, you're not sure if we do, we value family a lot, but we've had to separate ourselves from family and we unite that way. So that is like a really big binding thing for us. And, um, I guess, I don't know if it's so much cultural, but it's just our personal, you know, we've been through these contingencies in life that have made us who we are and we're very similar. Um, and we kind of have this relationship where we, we joke with each other a lot, right? We're very like, we call each other out on our like shit that we do. We're very funny. We're, it's almost like you're in a house of like best friends and, but we're also madly in love. So it's really great. And, um, I feel bad saying that when I know like my friends are going through struggles and like they'll call me and I'm like, they're like, so what do you have for us? What's the drama? I'm like, um, that didn't do the dishes this morning. I don't know. Like, I'm just like grasping at straws. So I'm very lucky. And you know, our story of how we met is very crazy. It was definitely love it the second we met. Um, and I, I, I was thinking of reading about stuff today about in the U S like, you know, it was very common for you to like have sex on the first date. Right. And that's not so in other cultures. And Matt and I definitely banged out on the first date, like first night. Like I was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that happened. And so we were, we never separated since then, but that's kind of our story. So we all bring something different to the table, which is why this is like amazing. That's cultural, dude. I'm sorry. Like, to be honest, when you tell me about your family, I'm always like mind blown. I'm like, wait, what? Like <laughs> all this stuff. That is like, and I don't know if it's cultural, but it's like, it's a huge part in terms of, you know, it might not be like considered a cultural as is like, you know, Israeli, like a religion you know, or something. Yeah. Or I don't know. Um, but that is something like a huge thing to share in common. All right. But before we get started and we're going to have so much to talk about, I just want to go over some behavioral principles because the robot's been asleep for a while. <laughs> robot is back. All right. Some of the concepts we're going to go over today. Thank you, Marissa, for writing this out are We have matching law, negative reinforcement, preference assessment, withdrawal reversal designs, pairing procedures, environmental variables, condition punishment, condition reinforcement, extinction, stimulus generalization, response generalization, selectionism. I think that's really interesting, cultural selectionism. And we're going to go over a lot more, I'm sure, because we have five BCBAs, one cup in here, you know, so I'm sure there's going to be. Lots of shit we cover. Here we go. All right. So who wants to start? And I I think maybe we start with Marissa because Marissa has said she has dated. I mean, you have dated both guys who are Mexican. You've Mm -hmm. dated your your boyfriend now is Korean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so with Korean or I'm sorry, within Mexican cultures, it was 
I would say like comparing now, um, and this is just my personal experience that dating within your own culture is a lot easier than dating someone outside of your culture, just because you already share, uh, you know, I know this sounds so silly, like language, recipes, food, um, you know, customs, things like that. Um, however, it, with dating Alex and he's Korean, I've also found that Korean um, culture is very similar to Hispanic culture and Mexican culture most, most specifically because our number one is family. Like that is our number one value. And, um, you know, obviously food and language is completely different. And Alex's mom, um, you know, she speaks a little bit of English, but there's obviously there's that divide of I can't really build that that relationship that I want with her because we don't speak the same language, you know, so there's obviously some um, separation in that. And we've talked about, you know, if we were to possibly have kids and things like that, um, they, they said at a dinner one time that the culture is strong within the mom, like whatever the mom is, is typically what happens, you know, with the, the kids and how the kids are raised. And I think like Leah, you could attest to that, like within Jew Jewish culture, it's like, I've heard that the mom, you know, the mom is passes that down, you know? And um, I don't know if, if that's true, but true. anyways, yeah. So I feel, um, so there's like kind of a, inkling in my own heart that I, I want to try and learn like more Korean language, even though I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be fluent, but at least like there's that like try in it for me. So because there's that behavior selectionism, like I don't want it to just die with us because if we ever were to have kids, they would be both Korean and Mexican. My parents are both Mexican. His parents are both Korean. So it would, they would literally be half, half. So mm -hmm. Hapa's Hapa babies. What's hapa? Hapa is a common term in Hawaii. It's just like half, you're half, you know, like you're half, uh, whatever. Interesting. Oh. In Hebrew, they say hatsi hatsi, like half, half. Oh, yeah. Hatsi hatsi, hapa hapa. <laughs> All right. Stimulus equivalence, guys. Stimulus equivalence. There we go. Um, okay. So, the, the, I mean, I, I could see this going in a very cool direction. I'm going to say really quickly what. I have noticed. Um, so I, I mean, aside from like in high school, but I've only dated people who are Jewish just because Judaism is such a big part of my life in terms of, I mean, it's not normal that I don't use electricity or the phone or work or anything on Friday night to Saturday night. And if you think about in today's generation or just the world that we're living in, that is fucking wild. Um, and almost Amish. I'm like, just consider me like Amish, but, but not really. <laughs> yeah. And um, so what I found interesting, so I've dated a lot of Jewish guys. I've dated Jewish guys who are uh, not so religious, who are, you know, just Jewish by association or whatever it is. And I assume that, okay, Ellie, Ron, and I, that was a big reason, like, we got together. It was like, oh, we both observe the Sabbath. We're both, like, in America. And Israel, where he's from, it's not that bizarre for someone to be keeping Shabbat. So I'm like, oh, we have so much in common, whatever it is. And I realized, holy shit, we have a lot that's not in common. That is very different culturally in terms of the way we communicate. 
Um, Trust me, I see it every single day. <laughs> uh-huh. um, the way we communicate, uh, I'm very emotionally, like I'll share my vulnerabilities, what I'm going through, what's going on. I'm, you know, like an open book. They're much more private, uh, which drives me nuts. And, but we're working on it. And just a, a lot of different things in terms of, um, which I see is a lot of behaviors that are imitated from generation to generation. So like in his family's house, the women are extremely subservient to the men. So his mom literally is always cooking or cleaning or cleaning and cooking and doing this like a homemaker. My mom also is like that. She's South African. They take care of the the men, the South African men who you know, go make money, do this. Our house is the complete opposite. I'm the one hustling around like a chicken without my head on. And <laughs> a chicken with their head cut off. The, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. The head, chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> and this, I think, has been a, I think, you know, we've made it work. But also, I know it's different for him too, because Ellie Run is the one in our household who does all the cooking like organizing a thing. It also happens to do with like my hands that I can't do a lot of things just. um, And it's been. He's really your, like, he's a great caretaker for you is what it is. Yeah. Versus the other way around. Yeah. I'm definitely not the one like cooking meals or doing any of that. Um, But I don't know if that's like, I guess it, I don't know if that's necessarily like an Israeli thing because a lot of them, these men are used to being served. Like, his like his dad could be like, I'm I think I'm thirsty, and there's like water there in three seconds. They're like, Well, Elyron does oh, not I have dropped, that with you. Yeah, so. I, I dropped a piece of food on the floor and the wife's like already picked it up. And it's like, yeah, dude, no, don't get used to that shit. <laughs> um, like <laughs> I always say, show them the least you could do. Then if you do anything extra, they'll think you're like a queen. <laughs> I needed to take a, a page out of that book. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I do I'll everything for Matt. I literally could wipe his ass, I think. Like I do everything for him. And like, it's funny because even his sister's like, dude, that's going to have to end. Like you literally, it's too much. Like he's here treating, it's almost like, and I do say, I'm like, I mom him sometimes. I think that's like a lot of my control issues and that I'm the only one that can make the hard boiled eggs the right way and peel them the right way. And like, don't, no one touches up on my toes, <laughs> but that's definitely um, interesting. All right, Adrian, tell us about you. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, a lot of stuff that I will share today, I've never like really shared within like our little ABA community. So well, what um, better place to do it than with the bitches? Exactly with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I grew up, um, my parents were both married. Um, and that wasn't very common um, where I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, but um, I was the only black family um, in the town f- until like well into high school, you know? Um, and so a lot of my friends' parents, a lot, like basically all my friends were white. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends' parents were starting to get divorced, like starting in middle school, but like really shot up in high school, which now that I'm adult, I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> I can see, see that. how that happens, you know? But so all around me, um, majority of my friends' parents weren't married. And my parents were. And um, I think like 
growing up in that type of environment um, and also growing up in millennials, we grew up to be go-getters. You know, we grew up to like career first, don't care, take care of these men. Like you can have your own baby, your own this, your own that, like you don't need a penis, you know? And then on the flip side of that, you are also seeing just like very non-traditional relationships. And so um, I come from a background of just basically all traditional relation, non-traditional relationships up until the one that I am currently in. And I am t 28 years old. <laughs> and so for me, it's fitting into monogamy. It's fitting into this traditional sense. And in the Black community, uh, you have in one sense, my boyfriend who grew up in the church and I did not. Um, my parents were religious, but once we got old enough to make our own decisions, it was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to go to church every Sunday. But that doesn't really, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe in a higher power or anything like that. Like I definitely do believe in God and you know all of that. I'm just not the one to go to church every Sunday and Bible study every Tuesday. But um, in the Black community, I think the church holds such strong like foundation for our relationships that you see one of two things. You either see these like very traditional men versus women, you know, traditional roles and responsibilities and things like that. And then on the flip side, you have these um, black individuals who have very non-traditional relationships. So whether that's a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman or a woman or however you want to practice, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I think that has been the biggest conflict with me and my partner is that he's very traditional. I'm very non-traditional. And how do we meet in the middle, you know? Um, and how does he like accept that side? And how do other people just mind their own business? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, exactly. so that, that's kind of been my experience in relationships. But also in reading off some of our notes, we talk about conditioned and unconditioned um, situations, you know, and reinforcers. And definitely in my relationship history, it's been punishing. It's been not so very like rosy and sunshines like everybody else's. And there's things that I've had to be okay with, which I think environmental variables have contributed to the types of relationships I now like today. But growing up, maybe if some of those situations or things didn't happen, then I might be more traditional, but that wasn't my history. You know, that wasn't my learned history. Yeah. I feel that a lot with like, I grew up, my parents divorced when I was two. So I never even knew what it was like to, um, I never saw any, my parents married. I never, I was never modeled any behavior that like my mom was married four times and, um, you know, it was just, a very like for me so like and I saw that in my history of relationships like mm -hmm. I would always be in long-term relationships but like it would be something like glaringly wrong red flags red flags but I never wanted to be alone right I never my all my friends were like if Casey's a serial like long-term relationship even with it's like with someone cheating on her or she's cheating on them or like whatever all that stuff because my mom was a cheater and I saw that behavior and my mom would model that behavior to me at like an age of like 12 I remember my second stepdad and she was like she took us to meet this random guy at this mall who she was, I guess, seeing, even though she said he was just a friend who gave me like $500 at the age of 12 to go to Abercrombie and Finch. And like, well, they probably went off to some hotel. I don't know what they did, but like, 
that behavior, like you see that. And then I saw myself in my relationships and I'm like, oh fuck. Like, <laughs> and I need to break this cycle quick because I don't want to end up like that or be like that and like honoring, you know, monogamy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I've actually, until my relationship right now, I've never been in a non-cheating relationship. Dude, you're speaking to my soul. Right Matt and, I, and it's funny because Matt too, Matt's always been in a relationship where he or she or, or they both cheated and we're the first relationship ever. And I'm 33, he's 38. And we're the mm-hmm. first relationship. And it's crazy because I have nightmares that I'm cheating on him. And I'm ne- I have no interest. I never would. We are so happy. We are we literally only hang out with each other. So it's, it would be really right. hard to find time to do that. But I have those nightmares and I'm like, <gasps> that didn't happen, did it? He's like, no. And he has them too. And it's such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's not it's spoken about, weird. you know, people don't it's, talk about it. You don't, you don't. But, and it's so, sometimes it's sad because here I am at almost, I turned 29 in March, you know, and this is my first faithful relationship, whether Mm -hmm. that's on me or whether that's majority of the time it's been the opposite partner. Um, But it's, it's sad when people like my boyfriend, when we were just getting together, he was like, you should know what it feels like for someone to not cheat on you. Yeah. And I'm like, you're like, I no, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what that feels like, <laughs> which so in turn has been such a um, variable that has controlled my actions, even in our relationship with trust, with everything, you know, and him too. He's like, you've never been with a faithful person, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and he's it's it's so interesting and I think more and more people should talk about it because I feel like I'm not the only one you know? no you're not you're not it's funny because like I don't share that ever either but like at least Matt and I are honest with each other in that and that's something that brings us closer together because mm-hmm. I was scared to tell him that and he was like Phew, me too like same boat and I'm like I was so scared I was yeah. so scared because Nicholas he's been in all faithful relationships and I'm like mm. Like, well, here I am, ready to deal with me and all my issues for my baggage. You want to be in a relationship with me? (laughs) And it's so funny. I asked him to be in a relationship, Uh but um, we'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) I want to hear about all this. Okay, Karina, let's hear from you, sister. Okay, so I've been like... This is so fun, by the way. It is. It's like comparing, ladies. I love it. Okay. I feel like it all comes from like really personal experiences, right? Like I grew up, I was born and I lived in Mexico until the age of eight. So what I grew up and I saw as normal was like living like with my grandparents. My parents divorced at a very young age due to like abuse and drug use. And it was crazy, right? But my like I literally had to learn and be exposed to so many like different situations where I lived alone in Mexico and I went through like seeing my aunt who was 19 at the age um get pregnant and she wasn't married (gasps) gasp right like in Mexico that is a big deal like if you are not married like to this day now it's like loosening up and everybody's like all right girl you can do it or like it's a little bit more lenient but when I grew up because again I'm also 28 20 
29 in January. So when I grew up, it was still very traditional. It was very like, no, like people came to date you like to the front of your house. You would hang out in the front yard. Parents would be able to observe you like it was old school. So then now my mom gets married. We moved to the United States and it was like freaking culture shock. It's literally like five miles from where I lived. No, maybe like 10, 10 miles from where I lived in Mexico to where I grew up. And it's completely different. And even the way that it went into like expressing or talking to your parents or talking to the other gender, right? Um, As Mexican-Americans, we grow up with a lot of machismo, right? And that is something that's very, very prevalent. That is the idea that the patriarchy is very like, high and mighty and women have to revere to men and kind of like serve them. Right. Um, I'm, I honestly, guys, I'm like the black sheet of the family. I'm like, no, no, no. We're breaking all of that. We're like stopping all of those like toxic circles or like misunderstandings because like you said, we grew up to be millennials who are go-getters. Um, I'm like, Leah, I'm the one that works outside the home. Steven works from home and he's the one that also contributes a lot to their household. So I'm like flipping it, but I grew up in a house where my dad was, sorry, dad, macho as hell. Like till this day, he like expects my mom to serve him food and like attend to him. And he'll ask me like, this just happened in Thanksgiving. Like, oh, are you going to serve Steven? And I was like, uh, did he lose a hand? Did he like (laughs) forget how to like serve? (laughs) Yeah. Like I can shape that behavior. Let me help him. But it's expected in my family, right? And I have to speak out and I'm like, I guess it. And I do talk shit and I do like bring it up because it's not okay. And it's not something that I want to pass on to my future generations. And I'm like weird about, because I'm like a first and a half generation. So like I grew up in Mexico, but then I came here, my mom became a citizen and then I became a citizen. So technically she's first, I'm second, but I grew up in Mexico, right? So I had that machismo and my dad was like head of the household. Like if he said we are cleaning today, like we were cleaning. Now, when I started growing up, that started changing. And my mom really started like, like changing the dynamic and talk about going from like that rule governed behavior that my dad's like, you better not stay out. You better not do this. You better not talk to guys. Well, we, and I include my sister and my brother, we went through like that. Oh, let me try contingencies. And now we got contingency shape. Right. And I got my butt beat by my mom when I stayed out too late. And that's something that's part of my religion. Now, bringing it to my current relationship with Steven, he's also the love of my life. We're best friends. I adore this guy. And I think you guys can see our relationship a little bit. Um, But we grew up in the same community, in the same, like, dynamics. And we grew up to be or share very personal insecurities or anxieties. So, like, Casey, like, you and Matt, I connect with Steven. And I get it when he's going through those insecurities of, like, Hey, um, you know, now we go through like our parents don't want to listen to what we say and they're still trying to go through like that. Oh, you're the young couple. Don't don't know about problem problems yet. Right. Like chill. Wait until you're wiser or whatever. But 
we get through that insecurity and it brings us closer. And I think that's a really big part of our relationship that it doesn't matter where we grew up in like different households, different dynamics, um, just different languages completely in reality. But when it comes down to it, that learning history, like you get it from different languages, right? Like it's just those environmental variables that you're exposed to. And I think that's really important with our relationship and how we have really grown close it makes it reminds me of something that Matt and I are going through right now. Um, so like my to back it up a little bit, my dad's mom, so my my Grammy Joe, after she had married um Charles, who had they had my dad and my uncle and my other aunt, she married a black man, Harold, Gr- Grampy Harold, love you. And she had my aunt Shannon. And um what I see from that culture is that she was with my Grammy to the end, took care of her, lived with her. It was always just part of the, it was normal. And like, I see this like side of our family. We have Nana here, right? Who's 85 that we moved here to help her. And no one in the family helps but us. We're the grandkids, right? Like we're the fuck are the fucking parents. Like no one helps. And it's so mind blowing to me. And it's creating so much resentment with Matt and his family that he's the one who has to be the person to take care of his 85 year old grandmother. Like there should be a shared responsibility and it should not be a burden on these kids. They're actual children. Right. So like, it's such a difference in cultures that I see with my, you know, white family and my black family. I see it so much. It's such a, you know, and it, it could just be that it's just certain people, but I see even with my stepdad, he was black and his family, his, you know, sisters and his brothers, there was like eight of them. And their mother, they all took care of her every day. Like there was never a question. It was part of the family culture. It was part of everything. And like, I just see it so different on my side. It's like, oh, mm, I might call Nana once a week. What? You're her child. Like she birthed you. You're lucky you're fucking here because of her. And you put everything on the grandkids. Like that is interesting Mm -hmm. to me. That's something I've definitely seen. Yeah, I think to speak to that, Casey, and I think Marissa and Karina, um, let me know if you guys can also like relate. But um, in the Black community, we see our parents or our grandparents struggle just to put food on our table, right? We see them working they got a nine to five and then we got a seven to midnight and then you got to get up, drop my ass off at school, go to your nine to five just to do your seven to midnight again. And that's just to pay rent, like basic necessities. Right. And I think what happens, especially in communities that are ethnically identified as marginalized, that kids have seen their parents struggle just to get to where we're at. And we're not even where like we talk about generational wealth, right? But we're still dealing with generational trauma. And with that, when kids see their parents and their grandparents struggle just to keep the lights on, our motivation is to be able to buy that house. You don't have to work. I can move you in and you don't have to pay any bills. And I think in the traditional westernized culture, we have a very solo-based culture and not a community group unit-based like other cultures do, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you talk about different generations and maybe um, Marissa and Karina, you can touch on this, but it, you know, in, in Matt's culture, he's like, 
Why am I the only one? Da 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 da. And let's pull an act into this because we all know I love act. I love that. <laughs> like, why are we looking at this situation like a storm and not an appreciation of right? Right. And and in one breath, Matt is like you guys are taking care of like the Grammy, right? Mm-hmm. But why is no one else? But, but also, why is it a burden on even us? Like it should. Right. And I, I kind of say to Matt, I try to practice this with him is like, I have no grandparents living and they were, my grandparents were my world. They raised me when my mom was on drugs, when my dad was on drugs, they raised me. They took me to church every Sunday. Like you were saying Bible study on Tuesdays. Like I had right. all of that with them. Such a normal, you know, life that if my grandparents were alive, I would have been there for them no matter what. And so trying to switch Matt's mindset is, is proving to be one difficulty in our relationship is that he's unable to get rid of the resentment and bitterness and just appreciate the fact that we have Nana here. And that's actually a blessing that she's 85 and wants to have a cocktail with you after work. Like that's sweet. I mean, right? the fact like that culturally, for example, is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. When you told me your 85 year old grandmother or <laughs> Nana, Nana, like asked you guys for like, cocktails every day i'm like yeah leah imagine your grandmother asking you to smoke a joint or you smoking a joint with like that's what happens over here no way <laughs> not me personally i'm just saying but you're saying it, culturally okay. culturally that's fascinating because i'm like in, in front of my we actually got, we, no i'm not gonna i'm gonna say nana i think would do it she's talked about it like getting in her old age she's like i think that stuff might sound fun <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't do it for you. <laughs> Mine's the like, you get, the more you're willing to try, like, all these <laughs> things that were bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's like, I'll be like, and I was like, what the hell? My grandma's like, did you just say the H word? I'm like, what? She's like, you know, H. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, does Jugga. she know you? I'm like, she, well, she's over there in South Africa, and I talked to her on the phone, and I'm like, she has no idea. My podcast is called Behavior Bitches. <laughs> the, motto, the motto for the study prep business is pass the fucking test. <laughs> um, every example I do is about buttholes. I mean, I'm just like, this is shocking. All right, but the next thing I want to get to is kind uh, the start of a relationship, which I think is interesting. So when this is going to be pursuing the prey, you know, a guy coming in, is it a guy doing the pursuing or is it a girl doing the pursuing? What is it like, um, whether we're talking about swiping on a dating app, who's messaging first, what's happening, who's paying on the date, where are you going on the date, what are you doing? Mm. That's like 9,344 questions and I have a lot more, but let's get started with that. I'll start off. Um, um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the, the first night I met Eliron on a dating app, he came and picked me up, which was like, well, my brain was like, Psh, what? <laughs> the person came and picked me up. Um, we went out, like opened the door for me. I'm like, huh? <laughs> um, Matters? Like, what? Did, yeah. Did, didn't try like bang me in the first second. I'm like, huh? You know, um, and so that was interesting from the get-go. It was this, you know, like very chivalrous, um, even though my parents are South African and more like that, like they'd go like, 
go say hello to the parents at the front door. Like I'm here to pick up your daughter. Like the, I'm American. So that wasn't ever a thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. mine would be like, all right. Like my last boy, boyfriend, we were taking shots in college, like at a dorm, you know, and I'm like, whatever. Um, but that was really interesting to me. Uh, just going and I, I do feel like American culture is a lot more like, listen, from the get go, I just want you to know, like, I am not desperate here. I am not trying to like find a boyfriend. I don't care. I'm fine alone. I don't care. I'm tough, blah, 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 blah. This on day one, on the first date with Aliran, it was like, yeah, so in my future, I definitely like, what do you want? Like in a, in a, like a lifelong partner, what do you do? Like. I definitely want to have kids. I want my kids to be raised with this kind of Jewish education and not that, potentially this. Um, I definitely want my kids to speak Hebrew. And it was like, this is night one. On the first date? Yeah. Like, wow. And it was like, and I actually, if you guys know me at all, which I feel like whoever's listening to the podcast does, because I'm the exact same in real life as I am on the podcast. There's no like, literally. I am. I actually like that no bullshit aspect of things. In fact, the reason that Ellie Ren and I went out is because on the app, I don't know if he had like messaged me and that was it. You know, usually you get a message, hi, hi, what's up, what's up, blah, blah. His English sucked regardless. So it was like, I sent him a message, which is like, it was a Jewish dating app. And so the word new is means so like, so I was like, so new, when did you plan on asking me out? And he was like, okay. Uh, I guess I take you out the the Saturday night that work for you, you know. <laughs> He's so cute. I love him. And but you so, came at him. Yeah. So he said that was a. Re- but I don't think that's like a typical Jewish girl thing. I think that was just like Liat specific. And I think that we actually one of the reasons we worked is because Israelis are very abrasive in terms of like they don't play the bullshit like the games of like not texting back for days. It was like, he got his phone stolen on like the second day. He like found my name on Facebook and like had an employee he was working with message from his phone. Like an American guy would not play that game. They wouldn't be like, it'd be like, look, what's the problem if I don't message her for six days, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked that, that there was none of that bullshit. It was like, you could do like a octuplet text, octo text. Like you could do eight in a row, which is me. You know, it's not like, let me see how I can fit every single thing that's going on, but act like I'm busy enough. So I like that no bullshit mentality. Um, And so that was the first date. And, and, and I, and I really respected like, kind of like what you see in movies, like someone going on a date, being respected, the guy really being interested, opening the door, like asking if they could kiss you at the end or something like that's it, you know, and, um, I thought and just being very comfortable from the first date and it wasn't like about just like banging on the first night. No offense case. I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've been there. I've, I've been there. Um, but I'm just saying it was different and I, and I liked that. And it was actually really refreshing to talk about these things on day one, because it's actually true. Like in my head, the no bullshit mentality is like, well, look, dude, we're either going to hate each other in a minute or we're like, we're going to end together. So like, that's, that's going to be it. We're going to break up or we're going to get married. So it's like, let's talk about it from day one instead of wasting both of our time and going out. So I thought that was cool and different than 
other guys that did. Oh, and one other thing, which on the first date I noticed. So I've dated a lot of, so within Judaism, there's Ashkenaz Jews, which are like Jews from uh, like Eastern Europe. I'd say more like the white Jews coming from like Eastern Europe, which is like my side of the family from like Polish, blah, blah, blah. And then there's Sephardi Jews, which is what he's from, which are from like Libya, uh, Morocco, um, Iran, whatever it is. And I noticed, so I've dated mostly Ashkenaz, like myself, Jewish guys, right? And I thought that's exactly what I wanted in a guy. I'm like, I want a guy who's in finance, who does this, who's going to be a lawyer, who does this, like whatever. That was like what I saw. And this was totally different. And because of my health issues that I spoke about on the first date, I mean, he barely spoke English. I don't know if he really understood the depth of it. I mean, I'm sure he did. Three no, you definitely later. tricked him. <laughs> I know. I had 10 fingers on the first date. Three months later, I had seven. So like, <laughs> um, gotcha. <laughs> I did tell him and I was like, I just want you to know about, you know, like I have lots of health problems, blah, blah, blah. I'm not like into tricking anyone. And he was like, why do you talk about that so much? It doesn't make you who you are, you know? I mean, I'm sure seven months later, he's like, oh, it is a big part of who she is. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I know when I dated Ashkenaz guys, like who classic Jewish overbearing mothers, um, very involved. Like I remember one of the guys I was dating when I got diagnosed with lupus, both his parents were doctors. And I, I just remember his parents, like, I knew they were having conversations with him being like, do you know what this entails being with someone who's sick? I mean, this is someone you're going to be with for life. Are you sure you want someone like that raising your kids? Blah, blah, blah. And Eliron's parents to this day, like they are just like so laid back. They don't give a shit. Like every time I go, they're like, why are you so pale? Go in sun, go in sun. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sick. I am, I get sick from the sun. <clears throat> sick. No feel good. Ugh, die. <laughs> And they're like, like to them, that shit just doesn't matter. Like every time Wait, can you like, do that again real quick. You guys can't see yeah. it, but and I'm always like, dead, die. Ugh, ugh. Like, and I like act all these things out for them. And it's like, that's not what matters. Like there's so much more about the whole person that, you know, and I tell her every time and every time it's like at a certain point, I'm like, dude, I, I can't be in the sun. I am this pale because I have a health issue, you know? Or like, why you don't have baby yet? I'm like, but like, so in one way it's annoying, but in another way it's like, they legit just don't give a fuck. And it was really nice going from like one group within the overbearing Jewish mother who like never lets their son go and thinks their son is like God's gift to earth and too good for anyone. And then there's like these Israeli moms who are like, let me show you how to cook for him. Come, come. Like they don't give it, you know? And so I just, that was very eye-opening for me and different. And yeah, so that, that was my start within like different, and I, I thought it was cool and, and eye-opening. Does he still do those things like open the door and all that stuff? Yes, he does still open the door. Um, he'll open the door. Um, very caring in terms, and again, I don't know if this is like a personality thing, but like He's very solution oriented, which sometimes it drives me nuts because sometimes I just want someone to listen. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm just feeling down and like depressed and whatever it is. He's like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell your employees this and you're going to do this. And I'm like, dude, you have no fucking idea. You've never run a business in America. Like, you know, with different things or, um, so it drives me nuts. But to him, it's like, 
we're all solution oriented here. Like, okay, you have freezing hands and sores on the end of them. Here's tea. Here's this, you know? And so he is really a tear taker in that regard and like thinks like, well, what does Liat like to eat and like make these meals? And I'm not like that. Like, it's always like, I know Liat's favorite thing is Asian with like peanut flavor. So I'm surprising her with this tonight, which is very different than anyone else I ever dated. So the culture thing, some things are amazing for me. And I and I said, um, like when I went to go meet his family, the thing I said was, holy shit. Thank God you brought me and not any American girl. This girl would run for the effing hills. Like try <laughs> running to Egypt from Israel. Like they are tough. They are like they could chew someone up and spit them out. Not to be, they're just tough. But also my personality is too. So the one, mm-hmm. like the sister from the beginning was like, so you're going to take on my last name, huh? And like, she's a daddy's girl and her last name's different. Now, obviously I was like, yep, I guess I'm the new Kahlon, huh, Shiran? And she's like, ooh, pimpe, which means like a spicy pepper in Hebrew. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it's okay, mommy. I'm the new Kahlon <laughs> here, you know? Someone else would be like, ugh. I'd be like, no, I'm not. And I'd like run to Egypt. Yeah, I'd be like, they might forget you. Here I am. And then it's like, so it worked for that reason. I actually think I was a little too spicy for many American guys. Like intimidating, whether it's like, whether it's like success or business or loud or opinionated. Like a lot of guys had issues with that in the past. You know, it's like, she's always trying to be the center of attention, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, I am. But that's me. So like, you like it or get the fuck out. So that was kind of the difference, which I liked. Like they could handle a strong woman. Their women are strong. All right, enough about me. Next up is who wants to go next about their beginning dates and what they remember? I'll go. Okay, let's hear Marissa. All right, so um, Alex and I met at, in high school and he is a year younger than me. I'm a year older and um, I, I was sports medicine. If you guys know what that is, you're just like feeding water, taping people, like you're pretending like you know Wait, what you're Marissa, doing. I was kinesiology. Yeah. Oh, you were? Yes. Nice. So <laughs> I was doing that. I was pretending to know what I was doing. And um, this little freshman uh, quarterback, I was like, hey, you know, um, are you friends with this guy, this other guy that was Asian that I knew. And I was, I was like, now I know that was totally wrong for me to be like, Hey, do you guys all know each other? Um, so I was like, Hey, do you know him? And he was like, no. And, um, and so anyways, it sparked a nice long friendship and we were just friends all the way, um, you know, friends all throughout high school and didn't like him at all. Did not. And, um, I moved to Hawaii and then I was engaged and um, it was not working out. My um, fiance at the time, my ex-fiance was, was an alcoholic and it was really hard and I was going through a really hard time. Um, I, we broke up and then my girlfriend flew out to come see me in Hawaii. I was having a hard time and she posted on Instagram a picture of us and he followed me the very that second you know and he messaged me that second he was like marissa yala how are you like how's it going it had been like seven years since we had like 
last talked. Yeah. And I was like, obviously not great, but trying to pull my, my shit together and be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm in Hawaii, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, um, and that was that, like he came out to come see me. I hadn't been home to California in three years. And so, you know, he, he talked a big game when we were long distance. He was like, yeah, like, I can't wait to come see you, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, I was like, well, I'm going to come see you first. And he was like, what? Okay. And he just got so nervous and kind of like <laughs> choked up. And, um, I was like, yeah, so what are you doing on Thursday? Because I would like to go hang out. And he was like, okay, yeah. So, um, I'm busy on Thursday, but maybe another day, you know? So he, it was so funny and whatever, like long story short, we got, we had dinner, we had drinks. Yeah. Like casual, ca super casual. And then my best friend came with me. Cause I didn't know this guy after seven years, I haven't talked to him. I didn't know what he was up to. Like, so I was like, Hey Sarah, come with me. So she came with me and it was just like, Oh, and we had kissed one time in high school. Alex and I had kissed only one time. Yes. My mom said, my mom remembers Alex Chung by, Oh, wasn't he the best kiss you ever had in high school? And I was oh. like, Oh my gosh, mom. And, yeah. And so, and so anyways, we, um, see each other, we meet at a like LA bar or whatever. And then, um, he holds my hand under the table and I was like, yeah, I like this guy. And so we just have been oh my God. together since. And so, yeah, he, um, it, it, honestly, like he's helped me a lot. Like I've told the about this, but I used to have like like eating was very hard for me and I, I was I'm allergic to a lot of different things and when I met him I was like a hundred pounds and now I'm like 125 and or maybe even more and it's it's all like healthy stuff because when I was with when I was in my past relationship I was in a really really tough spot and um just really depressed and um so meeting him I've, get, I've gained a lot of like confidence and healthy weight back so i'm i'm really happy and that was probably totally off of what we were talking no, about it's all but, relevant it's all yeah, relevant it's no, real raw and relatable that's how, maybe. That's, yeah that's how we met we met each other in high school and then like moves moves seven years later and now we're here and we've been together for two years we celebrated two years in september so I love that. Yay. Congratulations. And like, and that's the thing about this podcast is people want to hear this shit, right? They want it. It's not just this stuffy, like, let's only talk behavior principles and blah, blah, blah. It's like, we mm -hmm. weave them all in throughout and people want to get to know Dude, people. People love juice and vulnerability. Let me tell you guys, anyone listening, that is the way to get to people's heart. <laughs> um, like people don't yeah. want to hear, oh, we're perfect. We're this, we're that. People want to hear the real shit that makes you human. Mm -hmm. So right. you got to share this shit because most likely you're not alone. I got to tell you that once I like came out about my autoimmune disease, I realized the entire world had autoimmune diseases. <laughs> and once someone here said I cheated on my ex, everyone was like, me too, you know? <laughs> um, so just remember that you're never alone in anything. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in Adrian. Yeah. I want to know how you, how you met and what your yeah. story is. Yeah, I want to hear more about this black culture because when we were on the phone the other day, Adrian, <laughs> like we were on some Zoom, not about this at all. I think we were like literally talking about like something academic. 
And she was like, oh, hell no, I did would not date a white guy, whatever it is. She's like, it is different. I need to know what the difference is. I need to know what's going on. But also because of like the shit Casey talks being like, that was the best sex I ever had. What are the rest of us here in the world missing? You know? What is going on? What is it about? Is it like the masculinity? What is it? I need to know everything, Adrian, and please spare no details. Okay, well, I'm I'm the right person for that. <laughs> um, okay, so let me first go back to how me and Nicholas met. It's it's juicy. It's juicy. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this, y'all. I love the cheese middle. I'm in it. This is my favorite <laughs> podcast to date. 80 is my favorite. <laughs> so okay, so Months of the year matter, right? So let me take you back to September. Mm -mm. Nope, wrong. <laughs> let me take you back to May. Okay, Never May of Locus. May of 2019. Okay, so here in Detroit, um, we have a huge, just like young black professional group that all hangs out, and like um, Detroit has just started to like import people from different cities and things like that for jobs. And so one of our friends, his name is Sam and, um, we have the pedal bars where you go, you get wasted. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Oh yeah, girl, I've seen your Instagram videos of you and your <laughs> girls on that. I've done it in Nashville. It's fun. Yes, I only let certain people follow me on Instagram. I know I'm special. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, it was like, we rented out like five pedal pubs. And so it was a group of like 50 of us, okay? And so um, we all meet at this one location. I am wasted, okay? <laughs> I am drunk. It's a nice summer day. And if anybody like knows, knows me, when it's nice outside, Adrian has a drink in her hand. Amen. But, and outside by the water, I could be like Casey on a fucking boat every goddamn yep. day. I was gonna say <laughs> twins. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, and so I was wasted. <laughs> so I see him, like we're all taking this group photo and I see him and I'm, I turn around and I'm like, oh my God, you're really handsome. Come over here. Like get my number. So forward. Hey! As he's putting his number in my phone. Okay. I turn around and I see this girl. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so pretty. <laughs> Start like whatever. Where is this going? <laughs> I love where it's going. <laughs> and then I see this guy that I used to talk to and go around the corner with him. Mind you, Nicholas still has my phone because he's putting his number in my phone. He's like, maybe I'm I shouldn't be putting it in here. This bitch is all over the face. <laughs> all over the fucking place. Right. So then I come up and I'm like, oh, thanks and like just go about my day and I started like kicking it with the guy who I went around the corner with right yeah fast forward never see Nick again like never talk to him like nothing right fast forward to September our group buys another pedal pub but that was also when GM here um in Detroit like it's GM Ford Chrysler right GM went on strike I don't know if anybody remembers that um, so GM workers went on strike and a lot of my friends work in communications and PR for GM. And so they had to get off the pedal pub to go deal with this like PR crisis nightmare and things like that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what does Adrian do? <laughs> We're getting drunk again. Like I'm now by myself, you know, so, but I had a seat open. And so when you go on these pedal pubs, 
and when you get off at a bar, you never get back on the same seat that you originally got on, right? So long story short, somebody took Nicholas's seat on another pedal pub. And so he had to come and sit next to me. And so I'm like thinking I'm just meeting this man for the first time, y'all. Like, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I mind my business I just stay in my lane you know and I'm, I'm like, just pedaling away <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh hey and I'm like hey <laughs> and he clearly figures out that I'm like I don't remember you but whatever <laughs> you know and so he ends up like putting me on his Instagram and I'm like dancing on top of this pedal pub and I'm like ooh hey like all up in his face all like sexy like and shit <laughs> and then we like we're both wasted right? yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, he's like, are you hungry? And I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry. He's like, all right, let's go get something to eat. And then we're going to go to the after party, right? Girl, we end up going to um, They Say, which is a restaurant around here. And at They Say, he's like, you're going to be my girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't been in a relationship in seven years. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to be your girlfriend. But like, sure, yeah, I'll get a free meal. Like, I was that girl. I was that independent Black woman, didn't need a man, like, made my own money. Like, I could fix a car by myself. Like, I don't, you know, I didn't need, and I had my girls and I had my friends and like, I was cool, you know, and no shit. I had my little situation ships and things, entanglements, whatever people want to use. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and so I was like, mm, yeah, so do five other people over here. <laughs> so whatever. I'm good. And so um, literally from that day on, I've talked to him every single day every single day and so met him in september and if anybody knows like in the black community like dating like you could be dating somebody for a year and be like but we're not in a relationship <laughs> like mm -hmm. we could be talking kicking it like going to family events vacations whatever and be like mm, but you're not my boyfriend and i'm not your girlfriend you know and so um me and nicholas made it official two months later which is a huge deal. I was going to say, yeah, in, uh, in my culture, it's like literally day two. It's like, what are we? Are you my boyfriend? Are you going to marry yeah, me tomorrow? Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. Like you see more people in the white culture, they get married quicker, younger, like, you know, they're able to date. Like in the black community, if you broke up with your boyfriend today, you better not be in another relationship for another year or you're, you know, considered. See, a in mine, I would have already had one lined up. Otherwise, you're a whore right. in the exactly. house. You're a whore in the house. <laughs> in this house. <laughs> like, but yeah, you know, and the fact that me and Nicholas literally spent every day talking, got together in November, and then boom, quarantine. Right. Mm, we, had to, we had to go through a pandemic in the beginning of our relationship. And mind you, I have not been in a relationship in seven years. Right. I've right. never been in a relationship that was faithful. And then you want to put a pandemic on top of that. And I'm still trying to get out of my like party girl, like, mm -hmm, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Like, right. Phase? And you put a pandemic on that. Oh, that's, that's some shit. It was some shit mm -hmm. for sure. So like our relationship and our dating phase was to me very quick, very unexpected. I was that unexpected, like 
never planned on being in a relationship. I was, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, Adrian, you're about to be 30. Your eggs are ticking. How do we do this without a man? You know, like how much money you got to save up for in vivo or whatever. (laughs) What do do we need to do? But that's where my mindset was at, you know, Mm -hmm. or I would be like, hmm, I mean, I have some cute guy friends because I do it once and then, you know, maybe co-parent. Like I was totally cool with that, you know? (laughs) I love Um, love the outside of the box thinking right there, right? Non-traditional. You said that in the beginning. I'm very non-traditional when it comes to my personal life. Um. So being in a relationship, we were, me and Nicholas got into a relationship while we were being intimate with each other. I was like, so you're going to be my boyfriend? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Oh, like <laughs> in then, the middle of intimacy. Yeah. And then woke up the next day and I was like, so, um. Right. <laughs> I say some shit when I'm about to have an orgasm and I don't know if I meant it. <laughs> and he's like, no, I think we can do this. I said, Okay. Here we are a year later. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I, I have dated a black man in the past and um, we have clearly mentioned that multiple times on this episode. (laughs) And um, the differences that I saw um, was a a big thing with romance. And, um, and that could just be, again, the, we don't know. It could just be the person. It's not, I'm not overgeneralizing, but it was, I saw it with my stepdad too, with my mom and his um, attentiveness and, you know, just a different level. Like the dates that um, the guy that I was dating planned were like, he would literally have like rose petals leading into a bathtub with candles and like bath salts and like, let me, he'd be like, I want you to go in there for 45 minutes and have, you know, relax and then come out and there'd be like music playing, always music playing during sex, never had sex with music playing. And then I come to like my husband, who I love so much. But it's like, like fish. yeah, he's like, he's like, it's literally like, I'm like, Ooh, he's like, oh, it's gonna be quick today. I'm like, uh huh, I know. And like, I love that we can be so honest here. But that I don't know if that's cultural. I don't know, but I just noticed that because I have had the, the the differences, right? I've had mm-hmm. a white man and a black man, and very different in a, in many of the white men that I dated sexually versus the black men I dated sexually. The, it was just very different experiences, and not to say that one was better or different. It was just it was just different. definitely yeah noticeably yeah. different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's this concept that um you know in the within the black community we are very heavily focused on on black love or showing women that you are loved you are cared for you are protected you know and one of the best ways to show that is romantically and intimately you know mm-hmm. um every single day a black woman has to go out and be treated any type of way from anyone and so when when we come home, I want to be treated like the queen that I am. You know, we talk about like, we are queens. We are like the best thing to this earth and we have to be treated as such. And so a black man grows up to treat his mother that way. And a black man will, (laughs) might not always, (laughs) will eventually treat his wife that way as well. You know, um, a black man who is in love is the best kind of love that you can have. And so Leah asked earlier, you know, have you ever dated a white man? Um, I've never dated outside my culture at all. Um, and I think one Personally, of the- oh, sorry, it broke out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. For, um, yeah, go the, ahead. 
one of the biggest reasons why is because when you get loved by a black man and you get that romantic, that intimacy and that like you are the queen, like no matter what race you are, mm-hmm. right? You are a queen. You don't want to go to anything else. <laughs> you know, you know, they talk like once you go black, you all go back. <laughs> but you don't want to try anything else. And so I said I would date in the Middle Eastern culture because it's very similar in that sense where the woman is a queen and the best best thing to walk this planet. And in that same like very romantic, intimate kind of flashy way. Mm-hmm. Marissa, what were you going to yeah. say? So sorry, the internet broke out and I was like, oh. You were, you were waving your finger, but it was like, you were saying, no, 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 no. I was like, what uh, yeah. is going on? <laughs> no, I, I have also never dated a white man before. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm Mexican, American, and I've dated Mexicans and I've dated um, non-Mexican, like Filipino, Asian, um, things like that, or, or cultures like that. And um, with dating a Mexican, I've dated a couple Mexicans. And, and with that, like Karina said something like about the machismo, like, again, this is, this is just my personal experience that machismo um, for all like, of us. you're the man, like you're the effing man, like you are like the, the patriarch kind. Mm-hmm. So like macho um, yeah, macho. Yeah. And and so he like so it was very much like that and and I grew up in a matriarch household. So Karina and I are both Mexican, but we have differences where like you are more um you know, you had traditional and I had non-traditional where it's like my mom was like the boss. And um so I grew up seeing uh my dad like do his own laundry, make his own meals and things like that. And for whatever reason it pushed me to be traditional. So I like to cook meals. I like to serve Alex. I like to do these things. But now now with the pandemic, I'm like, I'm freaking tired. Like breakfast, lunch, dinner, like I'm exhausted. Like so trying to uh, fade that and um, shape it to him being more um, independent in that way. And, um, but definitely I see, I see differences um, where Alex is more willing to, to be a partner versus like, you're just um, subservient, you know? And so I think that this is just in my experience, but I've also had a dated a Guatemalan where he was just the sweetest guy ever, but that was in high school. And, um, yeah, just super, super sweet. And, um, the, the Mexican that I, the the Mexican man that I dated, he was actually like a narcissist. And the last time, uh, we had an interaction, I saw him like on new year's or something and it was very dramatic. And he, we had to like call the security because he was like threatening my Uber driver. And I was like, I need to get the heck out of here and have not talked to him since actually he just called me like, like a month ago. And I was like, Alex, the weirdest, because we all went to high school together. We all know each other. And I was like, the weirdest thing just happened to me. And then he's like, what? And I was like, he called me and he was like, what? And it was just, it was just so strange, but like cold call seven years later, like, come on. That's very, very odd. (laughs) Who does that? Interesting. Yeah. 
I'm gonna call myself out real quick because I've been so quiet. I know, girl. Oh, where are you? Come on. Okay, I'm gonna be honest, y'all. This is hard. Like talking about relationships because, like you said, Marisa, you do go through like you had that matriarch, right? I saw my mom become that matriarch, and that mm-hmm. shit was hard because I grew up in Mexico. I grew up very traditional, where like my aunts would hide from my grandpa to not get in trouble. They would like serve him and be ready to like really be, like you said, Serbian. But my mom was like, nah, girl, we're switching it up. And I saw that struggle to like really um, go out there. She learned an entire different language so she could contribute to the household. Right. And going through that, like, I think really learning through that um, learning history, right. Being exposed to all these different variables where I saw my mom struggle. I saw her become that strong woman that she needed to be. And then I wanted to continue to be that woman. So when it came to relationships, I haven't really dated a lot. I don't like I'm very traditional, I guess, in that sense. Uh, I had one big relationship, like kind of ending high school, uh, right after high school, I guess. And that was very abusive. It was very toxic. And I started going back and making connections to like, yo, no, my mom got away from that toxic relationship, which was my dad. Right. And I was like, nope, that's not what I want. And I kept learning. And I think that's what dating really has taught me that every single step. And I I, I dated three people before I met Steven. We fell in love and I'm never leaving him. He stuck with me. I already told him now. <laughs> He's lucky. But- Yeah, I love him. I love the guy. And I think we're perfect for each other because we really are honest. And like Liad said, like just being completely like honest and being like, dude, I don't like this. Um, I whenever he watches like games where he gets really loud, he did like test games um, as a job and stuff. So sometimes he gets too loud and that is very aversive to me. I don't like yelling. Um, I grew up in a household where yells or like loud noises was chaos happening. Right. So I have told him and I'm very honest and I'm very vulnerable with him and I tell him like yo please don't do this and that communication is I think what really makes it work and with our relationship we see a lot of like breaking those gender norms that are really popular in the Mexican or Mexican-American culture that we grew up in right like you said, Adrian, you guys are, or like uh, black women are loved and you're, you're taught to really love and, and like romanticize a woman. Right. But in the Mexican culture, we're taught to like serve the man. You're taught mm-hmm. to shut your mouth. Right. Like, and I'm like, nah, let's all collaborate. Let's all like be part because we are equal. Right. So that has been something that we have to really learn and communicate and say, like, okay, well, this didn't work. That intervention was not correct. Let me try something else. Right. And it's like that um, our relationship really is an ongoing treatment plan that we have to work on. Right. Like, um, we have gotten down the laundry routine. I know what works. I know what needs to be where, but now let's work on dealing with parents and the holidays because y'all that's rough oh no (laughs) (laughs) i want to address something karina that i think we don't talk about enough but i'm seeing as a pattern you know um we we're on this show to talk about differences in dating you know but you brought up something of like 
being vulnerable and being open and working on the things that you guys have to work on on your personal to then become a unit, right? That has been one of the biggest things that has been the biggest struggle for me and Nicholas. You know, um, we grew up in different environmental variables, right? He grew up in a household where like yelling at each other was like the way you talked. And, and like when he would like, when we would get into arguments, he would like start yelling and I would be like, yo, yell at me one more time. <laughs> yeah, one more time, to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But he, we had to work on that. We had to work on and dealing with our mental health, you know, um, within our relationship and becoming a unit. And it is still a struggle. Um, and I think one of the things that me and Nicholas are definitely going to do that I will be very open and honest about is that before we get married, it's couples counseling. Dude, uh, fucking you know. do it. I cannot tell you. <laughs> Ellie Ron and I have just started. And let me tell you, first of all, our volumes, I'm a pretty loud girl, but like his volume is. It's like alarming to me. Like I'm like, oh, like, 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 that, like you are literally being like. <laughs> Like he could be talking at. so nice to me. He could be like, Casey, baby, I love you. Be like, Casey, baby, I love you. <laughs> and it's like, do it a hundred percent. Because even if you think like, oh, we come from the same cultural thing. Like it's not that different, whatever no, it is. It's so different. It's man. really important. Like we've just started this and like, I started working on things myself and like as someone who's done a lot of therapy in my own life, just like more like when I'm in crises, not like ongoing. Um, to me, communication is something like I'm very open about my feelings and things like that. And so it's been a big struggle. And like Casey will see, I'll be like, dude, he's just like yelling. And it's like, she's like, well, what's he yelling about downstairs? I'm like, I don't know. He's talking to his parents on the phone saying hi. Cause like I understand some Hebrew. And I'm like, and Alex is like that too. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and we, we talk about counseling and the importance of that, but man, I cannot wait <laughs> to start to have a third party be like, I'm fucking right. Dude, we started, we started, I know that's exactly how I felt. We started, we started last week and I'm like, I have a whole list of shit I want to say, but I'm like, <laughs> I understand behavior and like, he did not want to go to therapy to hit me. He's like, dude, we just, we just decide that we're going to communicate and that's it. I'm like, dude, that's the problem is that we can't communicate. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm like, like, I'm like, dude, I understand behavior session one. I'm not saying shit. I'm letting him talk and pair with this therapist and she just listens to him, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, that's trust me, weird. the list I am like, I trust it. me, I am bursting at the fucking seam. Oh my I have God. I so much to say. I cannot wait. I love Nicholas. Nicholas is my person. Nicholas is my whole, my my being, my entire world, right? However, when I get in front of that counselor and when it's my turn, I'm whipping out my, my notes. No, you better, like, you better start off. <laughs> you don't go in with it. Otherwise, he's not going to go back, okay? Understand behavior here, guys. <laughs> you don't go in with, like, the aversive. You got to pair. Like, say all the things that are great about him. Okay, and... I know this episode has gone long, but I think so there's what one I think last about thing. This great episode oh. is that it's like it's like around the holidays. It's right. It's going to be coming out the week after Christmas, like, which is awesome. And I think that it's going to be literally the best thing for anybody out there who's going through anything because family shit will happen, COVID shit would have happened during holidays, and I'm sure yeah. you all are like, please keep talking. So, <laughs> go yeah. Ahead. yeah. So it's a longish one, and so before we. 
And and by the way, Adrian, I know earlier you're like, I've only been with my boyfriend for a year. I'm like, bitch, when it's COVID, every day is at least six days. So like you've probably been together like six years. Um, <laughs> COVID years, like dog years. It feels like that's for sure. <laughs> Literally. I mean, a lot of things you have been forced to deal with with your partners, like and see a lot more because like to me, like I'll be like, like Ellie and I both work in the house. And granted, we're in a house, we're not in a shoebox apartment like Casey. Like here in Dallas. Well, and I goes to work. Thank God. He, like, yeah. But it's like, who would die? Like, it's just, you are seeing everything so much more and having to deal with it. And sometimes it's like, oh my God, what did I marry? But at the same time, it's like, no one's ever together this much and has like, you know, even though we have our independent things, but it's still, you're still in the same space. So that's important. But the one thing I want to end with, because I think this is very important and we did not go into enough detail and I know everyone wants to hear it. Let's talk about sex. Let me just okay. tell you, Karina muted herself so fast. <laughs> she does not want to talk about sex. I told her we wouldn't be talking about sex. Karina, I had no idea. Te pasa? I'm going to talk in Spanish. The whole question, I'll answer no, in Spanish. Sis. No, sis. Oh my God. You don't, have, you don't have to say whatever you don't want to say. That's fine. I'm sure that. Everyone here is enough to say. And if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine too. All right. So um, I'm just over here drawing flowers like feverishly. Like, <laughs> I'm just over here drawing dicks. <laughs> and I'm just drawing dicks on paper. I'm just kidding. Um, Adrian's fidgeting with her Doppler little I'm headphones. Like, thing. Let's take a shower. What can I do? <laughs> All right. So sex. Sex is a behavior. Yeah. It is, right? And we actually know that sex is an unconditioned reinforcer, right? So if we don't talk about it, it would be missing something major. And it is a part of relationships. Um, and actually, it's ironic that I'm the one saying it because we always joke that I'm asexual because I think I am. I don't know if it's my medications or what, what confounding variables there are. But like, if it's between me being sexual or like keeping my fingers on, I'm going to keep my fingers on, you know, just like matching law. Um <laughs> Wait, yeah. do you take your fingers off for sex? I don't wear them ever. I always have like these fingers. These nubs. <laughs> oh, that me. sounded like you took them off for sex. No, I'm saying, I'm saying like losing more fingers. Let's do it. I'm saying like my medication to keep my circulation. Like I don't know which medication is doing what, or like if my depression meds like affect that. But like or your Viagra. I, Viagra is definitely not helping in that direction. It, <laughs> definitely not walking around with any boners around here. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting and important to talk about because there's definitely a difference here. First of all, how someone looks at sexuality, how they treat someone um, in terms of sexuality. Um, you know, someone I dated in the past, for example, literally was like a dog, you know, like, okay, let's have sex. Uh, okay, great. And then, and I feel like Casey's like, that's me. Because Casey will be like, Matt says, bend over. And like, that's it. And it's like to the point and functional. And Casey literally went from like the opposite melanin. Is that how you say it? <laughs> like literally going from a black man to a redhead. Okay. Like, I don't think there's any And I dated difference. them. I literally actually dated them back to back. Like I met Matt when I was, you know, Malcolm and I were long distance. Um, and we would fly and have these romantic trips. But like, I met him very close in temporal contiguity if anyone knows what that means <laughs> close in time like maybe a little too close 
Um, so <laughs> it was definitely a humongous difference. Yeah. But it's not to say that it's bad. I like Matt and I joke about sex all the time. It's something that comes out of his mouth on a daily, maybe hourly basis. Like, baby, you want the D? Like, he'll say like the most. I know. One so time he sent me a text and he was like, what are we having for lunch? I knew she thought it was Matt that she was texting. And I'm like, I'm like, my dick. And she's like, <laughs> oh, no, seriously, I'm hungry. And I'm like. <laughs> I didn't I realize it was Leah texting. I like, thought it was I Matt. Know exactly so common. He talks to me. Like, we talk to each other like that. Like a lot. We joke about sex a lot. We, you know, this morning it was funny. We actually, and we are very, you know, I always apply behavior principles to everything and he like hates me. But yesterday morning I hadn't, this is TMI to the max, but like I slept with no pants on and that's typical, right? Like it's just comfortable. It's how I sleep. And he's like, and then this morning I had, I had like these really soft stars above the Target brand shorts that Liat made me buy. And I had just worn them to bed. Like, I don't know what the difference was. Like I just had, and so he woke up this morning. He's like, I was like, why didn't you try to like get some sexy time in? He's like, cause you had shorts on. And I was like, oh, that's an S Delta for sex. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I didn't know that. That was, he goes, no, you gotta be naked. I'm like, oh, okay. You could have like still tried. <laughs> but like in his mind, he was like, she has shorts response on. Effort, no. Response effort. That might take a little extra right? calories. And I was like, and so I, I was like, that's an S Delta, right? For no, no signaling, no reinforcements available. And he's like, exactly, babe. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I'll go first. You know, like one of the things in this, maybe the last, two years for me I've been really exploring my body sexually trying to figure out what do I like how do I like it how do I tell a partner how to do that and it was hard um me and Nicholas like we were not compatible sexually in the beginning you know um and it was something that for him me telling him what I liked and how I liked it was almost stabbing at his ego and his yeah. pride, you know, but I was, but then me and I'm like, well, we're supposed to communi communicate and I'm communicating to you that this ain't how I fucking like it. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, um, but it was also in his like wheelhouse, like what I liked versus other women that mm -hmm. he had been with was his experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. off of your learned history, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, talk about um, stimulus generalization. Every woman, one response, no, honey, no, 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 no. I think that is very interesting. And this is shaping within topographies, right? We're having sex, but I don't like the way you're, I mean, assuming you're keeping the same, topography, unless you're going from uh, doggy to um, missionary. Um, so, but something I noticed when I started dating Eliron, I was like, this guy is a fucking porn star. This is like, <laughs> beyond me. He's like what the hell? Like, so into pleasing the woman. Um, like, if I, like, I am not interested in doing anything until you are satisfied. And if you want more, you keep going and whatever it is. And it's like, all right, no, dude, I'm done. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Like, like, and I always think I'm like, oh, this is so sad that I'm like the least sexual person because some girl would like be in heaven regarding this. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, when's it going to be over? <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm, that's a good merch idea for study notes AVA. Hmm. <laughs> no, that happens to me. 
I do. I'm like work crosses my mind sometimes or like, cause I can't shut my brain off. If anybody also knows me, I have sleep problems. So like mm-hmm. my brain is constantly going <laughs> even. And I'm like, Oh my God, good behavior example. I'll have to do that on Instagram next. You know, like <laughs> it's just like my brain is so. Um, All right, Marissa, I want you to tie it in culturally and behavior. All right. So it's so funny because Adrian's like, yo, Karina, Marissa, you guys just muted yourself right when Liat was like, let's talk about sex. I'm like, oh my gosh. We like, maybe that's culturally too, because that's like kind of how we are, like we are. And, um, but it's not what you think. So um, a big part of like Alex and I's culture and how I said like Korean and Mexicans, like very similar is family and also uh, religion or your relationship with God. And like, we're very traditional. And so we not saying that we haven't, but we are waiting until um, we get married so that it could be, you know, uh, yes, it's a UMO, but also there's research saying, is it really a UMO though? Because like, you know, um, yes, for survival and things like that. But um, yeah, we're like, we're waiting. And I love that. um, I absolutely love your honesty. Yeah, that's amazing. Was that hard, Marissa? I have, a, so I have a friend that it was in a very similar situation. Her boyfriend was not celibate. She chose to be celibate for religious reasons. And so she was already celibate. And then he made the conscious choice to be in a relationship with her and then also agreed to be celibate. So was that hard at all for either of you? It was hard for like stopping initially and then, and then, you know, like, cause we were, and then we were just like one day after church, I was like, you know what? Like, it was my idea. I was like, I want to, I want to stop. And he's was very, very like, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of thinking about that too, because I mean, obviously like one of the pinnacles of like your relationship with God is like, you're saving that for marriage and things like that. So I love that. Um, yeah. So we, um, it, to answer your question, Adrian, yes, pretty effing hard, but, um, but it's good. It's manageable. And I think that like, we're, we've gotten so much closer to, because it's like, we're not just relying on that and different um, forms of communication that aren't just, Oh, we did it. And like we connected. Yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. And state of deprivation. So when we get married, it's going to be on and popping. You know? You're in an EO baby's going to evoke that behavior hard <laughs> AF. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and you know, back in the day, like that was it. You know, I was in the shower this morning thinking about this episode and like, where did in the black culture, where did dating shift? Right? Like we used to like very traditional, but now you see like, I'm like, mm, my eggs are good till like 37, 35. So let's have a baby at 34. <laughs> you we're know? so calculated. You know, we're so calculated now. And as women, we are so career focused before mm-hmm. we are marriage or family focused. It's a huge shift. I notice that about myself all the time. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm 33. Um, you know, I got diagnosed with PCOS, so I know it's going to be a long road. And instead of like starting that long road, I keep pushing it off because I know I'm going to have to take meds and do some stuff to like make it work. And instead, Matt and I are like, I'm like, well, I'm right in the beginning of my career and I'm really like career oriented. And I want to like have all these goals and I want to have a boat next summer and I don't want to have a kid yet, but I'm such a nurture. I'm a cancer. I'm meant to be a mother. There is nothing else on this planet that I'm meant to be than a mother. Like, if you see me with my nieces and kids it's like 
they come to me and I'm, th- it's, that is like, like we're magnets kids and I, so mm-hmm. like, I know that, but I keep, again, like, even I'm like, well, okay, I guess I could wait till I'm like 35 or 36 and like all these like crazy things to think about when like, that is such a culture shift. It's such like yeah. a millennial shift that like we're having kids later and later and just like, yeah, it's just interesting. I, uh, I agree. I think what's that generation that's like right before, Casey, are Gen you the, Yeah, the one before millennials. I, I, I think I am. I think I'm okay. a, an older millennial, if you would call it that. I watched right. a stand up with I, Alicia something. She is called an older millennial. And, and <laughs> she's like, she's my age. And I'm like, I'm still a millennial. I can't, I have to if I work at Sino. It's real brain gone. <laughs> Karina, what are you going to say, baby? I think that for me, it's been really interesting because like, like you did say, like, I'm very private and I don't want to be perfect. putting my, my junk out there. But like you said, we are very like career oriented and in the field that we are in, like, we love it. We, we, I think every single person in here just really works with a passion and that passion leads and that's why we work so hard and we have such a hard time sleeping and i we get five hours and then we're like okay what's next on my to-do news right? you like, don't even go. get five hours there's no way you get five I know. hours you <laughs> I know, it's at fun. like 3 30 in the morning your time and i'm like you don't sleep <laughs> and then i reply at 5 30 when she texts back it's crazy yep. but it's really come to be a part of our relationships i think for a lot of us um my sex life with steven is great nobody tell my mama about this podcast okay (laughs) don't say it but we are really connected and like you said marissa like i know for you guys you're waiting and that's an amazing choice for us it's just another way that we connect Mm -hmm. right we did go through the pandemic it happened so funny um i passed the exam I was a BCBA in the clinic for one whole week and then boom, COVID happened. So then I had to transition and like create an office and start working from home and now managing people and like really learning and growing into that position as a BCBA. And our relationship was still growing. Like we moved in in August of last year. And the pandemic happened March, right? So it's still new. It's still like that fresh, right? Like get breaks because I go to the like clinic during the day. But now we were forced to like really, really pair and just be with each other. So our sex life is really another way that we communicate. Um, I... I don't know. I, I, that's all I have to say. Like, it's really natural for us. It didn't seem like anything that uh, we really had to work in, you know, like we were just really compatible guys. So that's all I got to say about that. But regarding the culture, it is a big difference, right? It is that shift that we have gone through. And it's like this coming of age and in the Hispanic culture. And I want to say Mexican culture, we see a lot of branding with like chingona or jefa. And we are not focusing on the motherly aspect that we are usually viewed as. So we are trying to break those bonds and become like a player at the table. So for me, we have talked about kids. We do want kids someday, but it's not something that's pressing or like really important to me right now because I am focusing on my career. And so is Steven. And we're both in that growing aspect. So I think that plays a different part in dating, right? Like when you are both going through either the same environmental variables or different and how to communicate within those. 
and just really work together because being in a relationship is work. Like you really have to be partners and be able to put that 50-50. And that's something that I always look for. Like if you're not willing to put in that work, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste my time, right? Like we're all beautiful, strong ass women that don't like wasting our time. So when we are invested in something because we see the value, right? When we work with our kids, we do the same thing. Like we see the value in going through these treatment plans and really working with our clients to better because we see what's in there. We see the importance of those socially valid goals and all of that. So that really is how I view or my intervention that we call relationship. I don't know. I love it. And you know, what's so interesting is that like, I just, Matt and I just, we've been married for a little over a year, but we've been together for four years and he, you know, culturally, I don't know if it's just this, but like he wanted to take care of the rent at at where we live, right? He wanted to pay that bill knowing that I've always taken care of myself and it's been super stressful. And when we got married, that was the agreement. He would take care of all house bills. And I felt like, wow, like taken care of for once in my life, like that I wouldn't have to worry about a roof over my head. And that was big for him that he took pride in that. And that was beautiful. Um, But as we were now getting more things together. We were like, let's merge our finances and put it all in one account. And, um, and it's just so funny. Cause but now I'm like checking it every single day and uh, it's causing a little bit of a rift where I'm like, um, what did you spend at Sunoco for $22 and 99 cents? Like such a psychopath. And like, I need to work on my own behaviors of trust and on the fact that his money is coming into my account now, his pay is coming in. It's not just mine. And if he wants to, he was spending money on his own before me, He's going to spend money now. And so it's just such a different like thing to be like, and I've never, I don't know if you guys have combined finances with any of the person that you're with, but it's no. fucking scary. Let me tell I you. Have. Like finances and a relationship. We, we Sex is always juicy, but like finances in a relationship, like that's where I want the advice guys. Like, <laughs> like how do you move? Well, I'm telling you, like Matt and I just started and basically just all of our paychecks go into one account. And now it's like, okay, so now the rent comes out of everything comes out of our account, his car payment, my car payment, his car insurance, my car insurance. And there's really, I have to look at this way. There was really no difference because he was already paying all his own bills, including the rent before and had, you know, enough money to like go golfing and to like get gas I'm like, that's a luxury that you can get gas. <laughs> like, I'm such a crazy, I'm such a crazy budget person. And so um, I just have to really understand and practice, act, psychological flexibility, diffuse that these fused thoughts that I think. Hey, that, like, and also no have. offense, as your friend, you're also like a psycho saver, like because of I your know. past contingency. So like, know. you're probably annoying to him. I'm just letting you know as a friend. Literally, like, I, I'm so annoying to him. Let the guy get an effing coffee and shut up, you know? Well, I was like, why are you going to Aroma Joe's twice a week? I buy fucking coffee here for you to have it. Like, make your coffee in the morning. I didn't do that for you, too. Like, Casey, you do that. You already go there also. Where? You go. her out, girl. He goes to Aroma Joe's, too. And Casey goes out. Oh, guys, I don't want to spill this. She goes to, like, this, um, what's it called? Like, all these fish restaurants and gets all these scallops. All the time. <laughs> No oysters. <laughs> I know. I can't call him. Up. Like he ordered something on Amazon the other day. And I'm like, I don't think that was necessary. And he's like, <laughs> it's for you. He's like, it's for you and your soda water addiction. And I'm like, oh, well, see, that's don't sweet. feel bad. Like Nicholas the other day was like, hey, babe. So I got a backpack, but 
it was on sale. And then <laughs> on top of that, you could get another sale. And I got this. So I got this. <laughs> so he knows how to come at you and give you the, the break it to you. Yeah. So merging finances, I think, could be a whole nother episode too. I'm like, Casey, add that to our that? list. Add that to our list. It's huge. Yeah. It's definitely something that I'm struggling with in a way because it's, and I'm finding myself only talking to him about money. And I hate that. I hate mm. money talk. And I catch myself. I'm like, why would I have just asked him how much that cost him? Like he loves to build boats. Right. And he went to get paint primer at Abishan, this fucking hardwood store yesterday. And I'm, I'm literally on my bank account being like, I'm going to check and see how much it cost him. <laughs> like, like before I wouldn't have cared, but now that it's coming out of my account and I have to change my language. It is not my account because his paycheck's it's coming our, in. It's our account. Ours. You're a partner. Ours. You're a and I need to change my my language. I need to change my mindset. And I just need to like chill out. And chilling out is not something Casey does. Um, my husband knows that. He married me. He knows <laughs> I have no chill. There is no chill going on in Casey's life. So, but anyways, today was honestly one of my favorite days. It's a two-hour episode with the best bitches out there in this world. Woo! Yeah. Everyone's raising the roof right now. <laughs> and just like, I feel fired up. I love each one of you for many different reasons. Um, everyone brings something amazing and different to the table, which is so important. Everyone brings different value. Um, and we honor and uplift each other and polish each other's fucking crowns. I think that is so important. So thank you, ladies, for taking two hours of your Sunday to sit and talk with us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you, ladies. So fun. And I found this so interesting. If you're someone listening and you are from a different culture and you want to share with us, reach out to us and tell us what the differences are. I mean, there's so much more I wanted to get into. I mean, I could even go about like the Orthodox Jewish dating process of like, you know, getting family matched up with a matchmaker and things like that. There's so much more I wanted to get into. Um, so I think we'll definitely have to do something else along these lines. So if you're someone who would love to share your story, reach out to us, um, because this is a topic that I don't think we're bored of yet and would love to do more. Yeah. I, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys, there is a um, Instagram, it's called C. And what they do is they take different types of relationships. So like boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 whatever. And they ask really hard questions. And so you can watch how people like respond to these questions with their partner or with whoever they are in their relationship. Um, and it, it's really, really nice just to watch, just to get more. What's advice. it called again? And? And C. Yeah, like A-N-D. Okay. S-E-E. I'll... I'll send it to you guys on Instagram. Can you tag us? Yeah, tag us yeah, as study tag. notes. And- yeah, I'll tag uh, BB and study notes. BB, I love that. <laughs> guys, right. thanks for tuning in. This was absolutely amazing. Guys, thank you, all of you BCBA biatches who are here. Um, this is, I mean, this was just awesome. And I think we could go on long, longer and longer and longer. And I think it's just awesome to see behaviors and cultures and things that we just, and just do have a real honest conversation with each other. It was just like sitting and I don't, I don't know you, but I'm craving just like friendship and sitting and shooting the shit and being real oh and God. not worrying about anything or judgment or anything. And just having you guys to do this with today was amazing. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. The human connection is, is real. And I always, I tell you, I love you. I respect you. I honor all the hard work and I'm so proud to be part of this community for sure. You guys have been so amazing and welcoming and just like 
I really, really thank you because I've always told you guys, you're just real people. And I feel like this community is craving that and needs that. And we need to keep talking and having more honest and open conversations because BCBAs are not robots. We are real people that have feelings and, you know, have relationships. And so thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you guys. Thanks. We're, so we're real you. people behind all this um, ABA talk. <laughs> well done to us. Yeah. True life. This is a BCBA. That's another, <laughs> another episode, Casey. Write it down. Okay. Anyways, I think I got to wrap up now because it's been a while. Guys, you know where to find us at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Instagram, at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Facebook, behaviorbitches.com. That's our website. <laughs> you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash behavior bitches podcast. We're going to link all of the amazing girls here, their Instagrams, what they do, their podcast, the place to find them, whether it's for remote supervision or a great podcast to listen to. I know you're not bored of anyone here. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need super. him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 